1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Jesus introduces another important contrast that has to do with the subject of prayer. We'll spend this week and the next in Matthew 6, 5-8. We'll quickly agree that praying is a good thing. Indeed, it's a commanded thing. We should pray often even unceasingly. But like most good things, even prayer can be corrupted. We learned last week that giving to those in need can be done in ways that void many blessings from God that you might otherwise expect. The similarity in warnings about giving and prayer is this issue of doing so with hypocrisy in our hearts. In other words, doing a good thing outwardly, but with wrong motivations in the heart. It seems that if we're doing good things for the purpose of appearing to be righteous to our fellow man, well, let's just say that is not pleasing to God. We can conclude then that of utmost importance is that we as Christians know and understand the difference, so that as Colossians 1.10 says, we will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Pray Like This, Part 1.
0: Well, let's come this morning to uh, Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing in the Sermon on the Mount. We are in what in our Bibles is the second of the three chapters, which is the inspired summary of all that Jesus preached on that day. And now we come to the subject of prayer. It's another situation in which Jesus used some of the Um, twisted things of the scribes and the Pharisees, the hypocrites, as he called them, to uh, contrast between what they were teaching and what the truth is. This time, as I say, it's about prayer. Today is the four verses, which are the run-up to a very familiar portion of Scripture, which is usually titled, The Lord's Prayer. Next time we come to the Sermon on the Mount, that will... Be what we'll be looking at. But today we're going to talk about prayer in a more general way. I've titled it, When You Pray, because that's what Jesus said. When you pray, don't do this, but do this and here's why. I think a lot of people are convinced that prayer is a a wonderful gift from God, but they just can't figure out what He wants them to do with it. Um, they They try to use this gift, but uh, sometimes it seems more frustrating than useful. Sometimes it seems wonderful, but sometimes it actually feels like a burden rather than a than a blessing they can 't get rid of it it 's not a gift you can re gift but Try as they might, they also can't seem to be blessed by this gift. And and the more testimonies they hear about how wonderful it is, when in fact in their experience it's frustrating, the more disillusioned some people can become. Prayer is poorly understood by many Christians. And because it's not always well understood, talking about it from a purely biblical perspective sometimes produces spiritual indigestion. Prayer is one of those things where there's theology and then there's mythology that seems to get attached to it as well. If you eat something you aren't accustomed to, it can cause physical indigestion. And learning something that you aren't accustomed to spiritually can cause you to feel kind of a spiritual indigestion, kind of a discomfort with that. Many books and sermons about prayer mainly produce a huge load of guilt rather than encouragement you ever read a book about prayer and said oh i'm so glad i pray this much no it's always you need to pray more you need to pray better you need to pray more more seriously more fervently well i i want to help you understand that prayer is part of your relationship with your heavenly father and i, and I want you to feel Not guilt, but more confidence and more encouragement than ever in spending time communicating with them. I mean, it's it's you, and you get to talk to God Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, who is holding the whole world together by His power, and He loves to hear from you personally. If that isn't a mind-boggling, joy-filled, humility-producing thing... I don't know what is. Now, nobody can understand exactly how prayer functions within the infinite mind of God. If you think you can explain that, well, then you've got a pride problem because <laughs> you can explain something that only God knows. But I'll try to tell you what the Bible says, and then we'll try to stop with what the Bible says. The, the repeated error throughout history in many areas of Bible doctrine is that people take part of what the Bible says and they carry that thing to an extreme so that they wind up discounting or ignoring other things that the Bible says. And prayer is a classic example of that problem in illustration form. One extreme emphasizes The great truth, the life-changing, majestic truth of God's sovereignty. If you emphasize that to the point that you subordinate everything else to that one truth, um, it's a problem. In its most extreme application, that view holds that since God will work according to His perfect will, regardless of what men may pray, then it, it really doesn't matter if you pray. And trust me, that's not what the Bible says. For those who think like that, prayer amounts to nothing more than, than you tuning into God's will. Now, I've said that because that is a joyful product of prayer. It does help me think through and, and, and understand the will of God as I seek to apply what the Word of God says in, and, and want to pray according to that. But there's more than that. Now, on the other extreme, um, there is the view that God's action pertaining to us are largely determined on the basis of our prayers. When I was very new in Christ, I heard um, somebody who seemed to really know what he was talking about say, "...prayer is the slender nerve which moves the hand of God." i was i was blown away by that you mean when i pray god's hand moves i mean i mean can i can i cause him to have a a, a reflex action to my prayer uh oh what if i pray wrong and i hit his funny bone am i actually touching the nerve of the hand of god and and what is the nerve of the hand of god by the way that saying sounds really good, though, or wasn't pretty much in that same time frame. I know I was a, I was a very young Christian, and I happened to uh, tune in on the TV to um, Jimmy Swaggart's program. And, and tuning in on the TV, that, that took effort in those days. You had to get out of your chair, walk across the room, switch the channel, do the fine-tuning thing, deal with the rabbit ears and, uh, and, and all that stuff. But I found Jimmy Swaggart. Didn't know anything about him at that time. I didn't know um, the flaws of what he said. Seemed like a Christian thing. And he said specifically, God's hands are tied until we pray. Uh-oh. You mean if I don't flick the switch of the nerve of God, poor God can't do anything? Well, that one, I kind of saw through that right away. But Well, who's right? both of those extremes leave out a whole bunch of stuff. Is prayer a way of lining up with God over what He's already determined to do and it doesn't matter whether I ask or not? Or is prayer a matter of begging and pleading with God until I convince Him to do something that He otherwise wouldn't do? Well, the fact is, the The Bible teaches and illustrates things that that lean toward both of those views, but not to an extreme and not to the exclusion of the other. Rather than subordinating one to the other or vice versa, the Bible teaches simultaneously that God is absolutely sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning. We cannot overpower Him. He is not dependent upon us in in any way. But the Bible also teaches that within his inexplicable sovereignty, he calls us to pray. It's just like God chose you before the foundation of the world, that, that you would believe in him. And yet he begs you, come be reconciled. So what is it? Is it your choice or is it God's will? And the answer is yes. It's both at the same time. If you let go of either one of those, you lose your balance. We rightly ask God for guidance, for protection, for daily provision, for for mercy, for forgiveness, for any and every need. James 1.5, if you lack wisdom, ask of God and He will give to you generously and without reproach. It is not your duty. It is not even possible for you, to try to figure out how or why prayer is effective. And many are led astray by some conclusions that go beyond what the Bible says. So let's look at what the Bible says. Let's take it for what it says. Let's apply it as it is meant to be applied. And then leave it there and realize you're not going to figure out all the whys and the wherefores. And I want you to understand, since prayer is one of those things... Kind of like Christmas, where there's great theology and there's also a whole bunch of silly mythology. It is quite possible that when we open the scriptures and look at what God says about prayer, that some of your own long held beliefs about prayer might be exposed as flawed. It's okay. But don't, don't be frightened. Uh, I thoroughly believe that you will find that what Jesus actually teaches about prayer is both simple and liberating. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.